Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever in the world you might be. I am Nicole BC, and you, you have know everything. everything. Everybody talks about eliminating fear, conquering fear, face your fear, dominate your demons, shake those skeletons out of the closet. But I have something very different to say to you about fear. And you may or may not agree, but I think it'll surprise you. We do our worst when we fear or feel victimized. We literally justify and, and like back our abusive and toxic behavior because we're afraid of being victimized. You hear me say it all the time. We're playing not to lose. A very different game than playing to win. The fear around being victimized causes us to make horrible decisions that ultimately hurt us even more and potentially even destroy whatever it is that we're trying to build, create, or do. We quit way before we could possibly learn, improve, or experience the success that we desire because we're afraid. So when you're scaling a business, when you are responsible for other people's livelihoods, your families, your employees, the shareholders, the stakeholders, the customers, clients, buyers, your vendors, your partners, your community, your industry, like there's a lot of responsibility on your shoulders as a leader, as a visionary, as a trailblazer, as a creator, as someone who is willing to bring your ideas and courageous enough to put your ideas out into the wild for everybody to fucking ridicule and see. Like, I get it. And I am not telling you, don't be afraid. I'm never going to tell you, conquer your fear. Get over it, right? It is terrifying. <laughs> like, and the reason this episode is coming out now is like, it's only getting scarier out there. It, it kind of blows me away what I experience when I'm out in the wild. I've once again, I've been doing a lot of traveling. I just on the other side of, I don't want to say like, securing a new deal because it is in a very tenuous position, but I'm, I'm talking with new people. I'm in new communities. I am traveling, which is always a, a hot, I was going to say a hot spot, more like a cesspool for bad behavior. I had a flight attendant be so rude to me the other day. And that's what I'm saying. Like whatever this person is experiencing in their lives, it must suck if that's how they're engaging with other people, especially on the job. I was literally like looking at my phone, uh, trying to pull up my, my boarding pass. Sorry, not sorry. Anywho, I digress. A little bit of venting there. Thank you for being here. Thank you for hearing me out. We avoid blame, shame, ridicule, and fear like it is the plague. And, and honestly, there's a lot that's happening there that's subconscious. This isn't even us purposefully trying to get away from these things. Like we are hardwired to. We spent millennia dying over and over again, just trying to figure shit out. So do not, do not be hard on yourself. And honestly, that fear is showing up for a reason. We're going to get into that. The challenge is, is like, we want to blame external circumstance. Someone said to me the other day, you know, it's, it is really tough out there right now. A lot of business owners are struggling, especially in this particular person works in like the healing arts, if you will. And they were saying like, people just aren't interested in growth and healing and expansion right now. And I was like, <laughs> like stop right there. I worked in music and the arts for decades. No one succeeds. I mean, I, you know, like I'm saying that hyperbolically, 
it's not a word. And I'm making an extreme example, but the point being like the 1% of the 1% actually get to say like, I did it. I did it well, you know, whatever it is their success metrics are. I never allowed that to influence my choices, my abilities, my businesses, and most especially the artists that I worked with. All we did was ask, what do we want to do? It's like a really simple question. How will we know we've done it well when we're done with it? And then we fucking did it. And guess what? It worked. I somehow managed to carve out a career for like over 20 years in an industry that no one succeeds in. So like the economics have always been hard for me. I don't, I don't let economic cycles because what goes up must come down. What's down will come back up. And whomever is willing to like weather that storm, they come out the other side, stronger, better, braver, and with a reputation that cannot be fucked with. So <sighs> blaming external circumstance, avoiding fear, shame, blame, ridicule, like all of this is going to limit, limit you in ways you cannot even possibly imagine. It is always tough. It's always hard. Everything is expensive and getting more expensive, but people make it. In an episode I did at the beginning of the year, I researched a stat saying like more millionaires were created, at least in like the Western economic systems that are kind of being pulled in this these types of studies and data. More millionaires were born in 2022 than any year prior. So like you can do it blaming the economy, blaming your community, blaming anything is fear. Fear keeping you from yourself, fear keeping you from the truth, fear keeping you from recognizing a problem as an opportunity and then giving you the ability to discover the solution. Nothing is outside of you. Nothing is impossible. And that's scary as fuck because more blame creeps in there. Well, if I can't blame them, then I have to blame myself. No. Stop right there. <laughs> the pressure to succeed and the stigma associated with failure often makes individuals hesitant to take risks, to pursue their goals, to sit with their fear. The real problem isn't hesitation. It's not the economy. It's not the, the shit show that is going on out there. It's simply that we need to understand what our own definition of success really is. What are our goals? And are we willing to pursue that in the first place? Because I promise you, getting something you haven't got before is going to be an experience. Like fear is going to show up. So it's not about how do we conquer our fears? How do we dominate our demons? How do we shake out those skeletons in the closet? It's actually like, how do we invite them to the table, sit down with them and put on a fantastic dinner party with music and like delicious food and dessert and stuff? That analogy got away from me. Thank you. So what is your definition of success? Is that truly your definition? Or is that somebody else's? Is that that people pleasing kind of showing up, trying to make somebody else happy, trying to follow somebody else's rules, trying to meet someone else's or your, the, the culture or community or family or partnerships expectations? Are you willing to simply stand by your values, let alone sit with your own fear? Boundaries, value orientation, success, 
they are challenging, like going to the gym and putting a heavier weight on the bar, like learning how to drive or ride a bicycle. Like there are serious consequences when we don't achieve the thing that we set out to. If we quit, if we let that fear shut us down and Let's just quickly talk about like what's really going on there. This I'm pulling this directly from Andrew Huberman. Uh, I think he talks about this in like every single podcast that he puts out, but this concept of neuroepinephrine and dopamine, right? Like we have confused dopamine as hopamine, the thing, the chemical that our body produces, that our brain <laughs> devours for reward. What his science and study and research suggests is that dopamine is actually the chemical that is released in the challenge. It's what keeps us going. And in what I was listening to recently, it's actually what balances out that cortisol, that adrenaline response when we feel fear, when we feel stress. What happens when we quit, when we don't take that extra rep at the gym, when we don't take that extra step in the long hike or the marathon that we're running, when we back out of a project, when we don't meet the deadline, what's happening is that stress response, the chemicals in your brain that are like fight, flight, freeze, fawn, get the fuck out of here, level one, level two energy, they literally shut us down. We, we lose the ability to cognitively say like one more step, unless we are comfortable with that feeling. We are familiar with that response. This is how like Olympic high divers or skiers are able to jump off the equivalent of a three-story building. Like you think they were born like that? Absolutely not. They had to literally train their brain to shut down. This is why you see some free divers or like people that are really playing with breath work. They're able to hold their breath until they pass out because they've, uh, they understand that chemical response in their experience and they've trained themselves to actually release the dopamine in the challenge. They do that through practice and reward. We'll get into that, right? But when we externalize these definitions of success, when we start doing it for somebody else, when people pleasing, when fear, when avoidance drives us, we will find ourselves copying what's happening, what someone else is doing. And that's where the externalization comes from, right? Like, of course, if we're doing something for reasons outside of ourselves, then we can blame circumstance outside of ourselves. And we're just not present at all. And what I think is really interesting is this whole like hustle harder slash grind culture, capitalism, colonialism, like patriarchy, all of that brings us out of ourselves. Think about that for a moment. So if you haven't done it before, whatever that means to you, if you haven't achieved the level of success that you fantasize about, if there is a gap between your desires and your reality, how do we close it? And I'm not going to tell you, get support and humble yourself and ask for help and like do what others tell you to do, right? Wrong. At some point, it's time for you to do you, boo. And that means sitting with the fear, not getting rid of it, not running away from it, but understanding like, not only am I going to be accompanying fear along like this entire journey, it's actually going to get worse. It's going to become more insidious. It's going to learn and evolve with me. Now my fear shows up like, just do one more podcast episode. <laughs> just answer that last email. That is not what it used to show up as. It used to show up as like, you're a fat, horrible, disgusting excuse for a human being. Get your ass out of bed. 
Um, like I wish I was joking, but I'm kind of not. I'm laughing to like make it not as awkward. <laughs> uh, that fear pushes me well past as an optimal performance level. It impacts my success and my performance for days after. I push myself into burnout and then I and then I have to literally shut down. It's unpredictable. It impacts all of my businesses, all of the people that I work with, so on and so forth. Just last night, I was like, hey, partner, it's only 7 p.m. I've literally been talking for 12 hours straight. I can't talk to you right now. I can't have a conversation with you right now. That's a boundary. Of course, they're going to get upset. Of course, that's going to feel rude and and cold. Because it kind of is, and that's okay. I take a couple hours to myself. I take a bath, I do some reading, I do some journaling, a little bit of energy clearing, and then like, I'm good to go. I'm ready. Let's do this. Let's hang out. And I can be there. I can be present. So understanding how your fear shows up, what your fear sounds like, the stories it tells yourself, how do you know it's fear? Because it doesn't feel good. That's not you. You make you feel amazing. (laughs) Like when you are working for you, doing what you want, achieving the results and metrics you set, nothing feels better than that. It's flow. It's timeless. It's bliss state. It's joy. It's peace. It's calm. It's satisfaction. It's whatever it is that like tickles your pickle. So this isn't about getting better. This isn't about improving your metrics. This is simply understanding what does my fear show up like in different moments? It's, it's going to be different when you go and hang out with your family or when you're driving your car or when you're at work or when you're in a hard conversation or a negotiation. When we understand like the literal chemical response means that if that fear gets too loud, I'm going to shut down. And again, that's going to look different for everybody. So how can I bake in some regular habits, practices, rewards, rituals, whatever word you want to use for it, but simple stop points to allow me, me, I'm in control of this to trigger that dopamine hit. So I start to balance out that chemical response in my body and ultimately allow myself a greater capacity, not just for success and expansion and commitment and follow through and consistency and exploration and growth, but also a larger capacity for fear. This is why some people stay exactly where they are. They are. If you've ever wondered, it's because it works for them. We use fear and force to motivate ourselves. It has worked for millennia, right? Like the thing that got us away from the lion, the thing that gets us to stand up to that horrible person in our lives, like the thing that gets us to the date on time, like has been fear and or force. It is a default tendency. We've used it to create our greatness, to create the success up until this moment. And so what you get to ask yourself now is, am I ready? Am I willing to try something different? And when that fear and force shows up, when that story, that narrative that we've used over and over and over again in every different instance to be okay, are we willing to actually turn the volume down on that and try something new? And here's the thing, that's even scarier because now you're abandoning the one thing that's always worked for you to try something different. That is exactly what freaks us out. And this is why you'll see somebody when you put up a boundary, potentially resort to their worst behavior 
because they are using their fear and their force to get what they want. Like we literally all go back to like being a six-year-old or a two-year-old or whatever it was to get our needs met. That's all anyone is ever trying to do is get their needs met. So if someone is behaving poorly, (laughs) this is why you don't want to like give them what they want in that moment because what you're essentially saying is like screaming and yelling and threatening me or using um, ultimatums has gotten what you, what you want in the past. Potentially you're engaging in that behavior. And it's worked. So we do it again, especially when the thing we're trying doesn't work. And like everything, not a lot's going to work right out the gate, right? We're going to need to practice. So there's a lot of consequences to this fear. We're aware of that, right? Like you might've lost a whole bunch in terms of resources or relationship or security. You might've destroyed a reputation again, or a relationship because we just didn't know how to negotiate their fear and our fear or the externalized fear and our internalized response to it. We might be numbing ourselves, whether it's with work or exercise or chemicals I mean, coffee is like a classic example. I'm not talking about like drinking. I'm talking about like over-caffeinating yourself because you're actually exhausted, but you're afraid to give yourself a break. And that's what I think is so interesting because with the hustle harder, grind culture, constructs within which we've been working for a couple thousand years now, productivity really has been the metric. Data has been the metric. The numbers have been the metric. And so in order to meet those, we're we're willing to uh, essentially sacrifice ourselves, right? Overcome that fear with force. And that's where that fear force stance happens. But what we're ultimately doing with like working another hour, recording another podcast episode, pushing myself to another, but past a limit and a boundary is distracting ourselves from that fear, from that doubt, from that uncertainty, from that option to try something different. And so what is the story we're telling ourselves? We'll fail. We'll disappoint somebody. We'll let someone down. What will they think if I don't make the meeting or I I renege on a commitment? Understanding that it's Byron Katie, like what's the story you're telling yourself? Is this 100% true? Is this true in every scenario? If not, it's most likely fear. It's a story you're telling yourself in your head. Ask yourself, what would I do without this thought? What action would I take? So I think this is also where like people will talk about like biohacks and nootropics and breath work and yoga and meditation and like exercise. And sure, those are all amazing tools to use to sit with your fear. And if you're not engaging in any of those, I suggest you do, but that's not my area of expertise. It's not what I'm here to talk about. I mean, you can Google like supplements for anxiety, right? Like (laughs) there are are a million like quick fixes and hacks out there, but the real problem is fear isn't going anywhere. And so sitting in breath work for five minutes or meditating for 45 minutes, like that will allow you to experience something in the moment, but it is a practice just like everything else. So how do you understand when this like old narrative and outdated program is showing up and like, what are you going to do about it? First, just understand what's, what's triggering me here in work, in a professional setting, we can feel that response coming up, call it out for what it is. This can be an internal process. This can be an external process. When I start to get like freaky deaky, I start like get like my brain starts going faster than my words can go. I'm like, yo, I got to just five minutes. I might not even need to explain it more than that. I might need just a bio break, right? Like I might also be like, hold up. Um, I'm sensing like a little bit of tension, a little bit of resistance. I am hearing like, you're super frustrated. Am I right about that? Like, 
are, are we mutually experiencing this or are you like off of the fairies and actually having a fantastic time? And I'm just telling myself a story. So simply, simply bringing your attention to the fact that like, I'm having an experience here. Emotions are information. That's it. <laughs> you get to interpret and choose the information that supports you. If something doesn't feel good, you don't have to engage in that. And, or you can take a time out and, or you can compartmentalize it and go like, I just got into a massive fight with someone and now I need to step into a really important meeting. I'm going to unpack that in a moment and I'm going to give myself permission to reset and go into this meeting knowing that like, these are completely unrelated situations. I'm not going to bring any bias or fear or resentment or rage in with me to this space. Whatever it is I need to do, let's go, right? And buckle up, Buttercup, because you might want to brace yourself for this one. Unless you're like a 20-something-year-old travel blogger working the angles so that like everything looks amazing and the hostel you're in, it looks like they're at Carlton. You ain't got time to allow your triggers to impact your leadership, your business, your organization, your people, your work. And again, this is why I love business coaching because in our personal lives, we've got a lot more playroom. We've got a lot more wiggle room, right? But sometimes our button gets pushed in a moment that is absolutely crucial. And if we focus on that pain point, it will eliminate our ability to co-create, to build relationship, to tap into some like higher level intuition and creativity to design something that is truly amazing. So learning to cope with your fear is the name of the game. It is learning to appreciate what it is an old survival or even a no longer successful ends justify the means success strategy, right? Like that old narrative, that old habit, that old default tendency that shows up to keep us safe and secure. That's all it is. And it's done an amazing job. It got us to this point. Yay. Like let's celebrate it instead of condemning it, instead of keeping it in a closet, keeping it in the basement and ignoring its sole purpose, which is just to protect you. You are fully capable of keeping yourself safe in this moment without using fear or force. That's what we're going to need to abandon in order to move forward. So the questions to ponder, do you want to grow? Do you want to change your life so that it does get to keep getting better? Are you okay with challenging yourself? And the most important question to ask here, and this is truly the game changer for everybody that I work with, are you willing to experiment? in order to discover easier, simpler ways of getting the success that you want. Let's go. Because it's going to feel like shit at first. It's going to feel weird and awkward and like you don't know what you're doing and like maybe you're fucking it up and that's okay. That's why it's an experiment. Anytime I roll out organizational change with my people, their employees, their staff, even themselves, potentially their families are all like, whoa, 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 whoa. Here are all the reasons that's not going to work. Absolutely. But here's the outlier we can't predict that might be why this is the best way of doing things moving forward. There's only one way to find out, are we willing to experiment? So that I think is my secret to success is just reminding myself, this is an experiment. I am trying this out. It might be better. It might not. I bet I'm going to learn something here, though, that makes everything potentially easier or maybe not even necessary. My favorite Carrie Keller quote. Do you want to give fear <laughs> your pitch deck and say, make the presentation? That's the doubt. That's the I'm sure this isn't going to work. 
We protect ourselves oftentimes with doubt because the disappointment was felt so acutely in the past. We will do everything to avoid that moving forward. But if we approach something already anticipating disappointment, guess what's going to happen? People feel that. They feel your doubt, your insecurity, your uncertainty, and it's annoying at best, and it is destructive at worst. You cannot be successful if you're preparing for the worst, if you're contingency planning, if you're expecting to get fucked over, like I talked about in my last episode. So fear is going to show up. It should. That pitch is important. You care deeply about it. It reflects upon you. It might even be a metric of your performance. But what can you control? Preparation research, feedback, doing your damn best, whatever that means for you. Again, your own metric for success, because I guarantee you, if you do your best, you can't experience disappointment on the same level because you're, pr- you're proud of yourself. You know that you achieved something you've never done before, your best. So when you can accept that and allow that there's going to be fear without giving it your attention, without giving it the presentation or the pitch, you don't give it control. You just simply, you, you give it space to breathe and you're not ignoring it. You're not compartmentalizing it without bringing awareness to that behavior. And, And it can't like eat you from around the edges. It can't drain your energy. Yes. Fear has motivated people to become their best. Force has gotten unbelievable things done, but it's not sustainable. And so if that is our default tendency, if that is our methodology for success, like that's when you see these leaders lose everybody around them. That's when you see incredible numbers of mental health issues showing up is it's because we have these, these, these methodologies for success that are literally destructive. And so you get to choose if that's how you want to participate, if that's how you want to achieve not just the results you seek, but like, especially if you're a new world business builder, especially if you are a CEO, a leader, a founder, a creative, an entrepreneur, a trailblazer, like, do you want to kill yourself in trying to achieve that? Like, what's the point of getting everything you want and having like heart disease or a coronary stroke? Like, what's the point of achieving everything you've ever set out to if you destroyed every personal relationship Um, every ounce of security that you have. And now you have like some kind of external dependency on something. I don't, I don't know. I mean, that might be someone's metric for success. No judgment. Uh, That's, that's not mine. And that's why I'm creating this, this resource for you. Uh, Okay. So lastly, what are some things you can do about this, right? Name the fear. (laughs) Mine is judge Judy because she drives me motherfucking crazy. I think she's narky as fuck. Uh, And I don't really appreciate any of the feedback that she has to offer. It's all like 2020 hindsight shit. Like I should have known this. I should have known better. And it's like, yeah, cool. I was doing the very best that I could in the moment when I made that decision. The energy that I was in actually probably had a lot to do with fear, doubt, shame, resentment, avoidance. (laughs) When I can recognize that, that allows me to make sure that I know exactly where I'm at what I'm trying to achieve and how I want to feel before I take the action. Point being, whose voice is that fear? Is it your mom's? Is it your dad's? Is it a caretaker? Was it a teacher? Is it your culture? Is it your socio-demographic state? Like, is it your religion? Like a lot of the fear can, can, can be taught to us. Again, you know, it's not yours because it doesn't feel good, but then like, get it, get it out of you. And identify it, like sit down at the table with it. Like my fear also shows up as like my asshole 16 year old self who hated everything and thought everything was shit. 
and nothing would ever work out. Like she is honestly the loudest voice in my head. Most of these days, judge Judy is like off there doing like my bookkeeping and taxes and like spreadsheets and shit. So do I want to give either of those characters the steering wheel and say drive? Absolutely not. This is your movie, right? So give your fear a character, the villain, and recognize like there are no heroes without villains, right? Like it's a pretty boring movie if there isn't a bad guy to rally against. That's all that fear is. And it ain't going anywhere. Like there will always be an antagonist in the drama. Make it interesting, but don't, don't let it be. I mean, unless you're like in a horror movie, are they the stars? I don't know, but you know where I'm going with this. It can be a fairly overwhelming process to really sit with your fear and actually build out the steps in the practice to give you that space and then that agency, that choice in the moment to test a different behavior. Check out the Quantum Business Book Club episode on The Rational Optimist because like fear is overwhelming right now. It is, it is crack. Like it is the addictive media that we consume. It is the addictive behaviors that we engage in. And if you need a little pick me up, I highly recommend the rational optimist. It might, it might push some buttons in which case you'll get to experience and practice with this, this concept. If you're looking for more support in terms of coping with your doubts and your fears, check out an oldie but a goodie episode 66 on the fear of failure. So thank you as per always for being here. I'm pretty sure that, you know, a like, a share, a comment, all of those things are fantastic. If you feel like telling me a little bit about your fears, you can always email me hello at NicoleBZ.com. I love creating resources for you. This was inspired by some of the conversations that I've had recently, but I think also just this like like real um, palpable sense of just a lot. There's a lot happening there and you have the opportunity to move through this world in whatever way you choose. Stop playing not to lose. Be willing to take a risk. Design the experiment for success and not necessarily for the purpose of like making a fuckload of money or like becoming famous or like these, these externalized metrics. Design your experiment to cope with fear for the purpose of learning, for the purpose of creating a calmer experience for yourself where you get to choose. Knowing your fear intimately, understanding your triggers, resourcing yourself. This is how you can not only achieve everything you've set out to, but like you seek out fear. Like I'm at the point now where if it doesn't scare me, like what the fuck am I doing? (laughs) I use fear as a confirmation that I am moving in the right direction. And I'm not going to say I've trained myself on an Olympic level and I sure as shit ain't running any marathons anytime soon, but I, I am familiar with that that feeling, that frequency, as I like to describe it and feel it these days, that like, this is okay. I am not in danger. I'm attempting to do something I've never done before. And there are no guarantees. And as long as I approach it and I learn from my experience and I ensure that I'm in the right energetic space in any of the decision-making or action-taking that I'm going to do, we can't lose. We can only improve and get better. So yeah, this isn't just about learning how to trust or sit with your fear. It's actually discovering faith in you. Ah, Okay. I'm done now. Thanks. Bye. 